Hey, it's Greg. This is the Square Pizza Pod, cooked up by Shermco. Hey everyone, it's Greg. Welcome back to the Square Pizza Pod. Excited for this episode for a number of reasons, but first I want to say thanks again as always for checking out the podcast and supporting it. We are officially in year three of the podcast, and if you follow us on social media, you've seen some of the recent data uh, and growth numbers we've put out, so thanks again for all the support there. Um, second, really excited to kick off year three with our first guest, Mr. Tyrone, but many of you know him as Mr. Muggsy Bogues, obviously world famous for a number of reasons. It was really incredible getting him on the podcast to kick off year three of the podcast to talk more about his background. Uh, his memoir that he has coming out, and a few other uh, really interesting insights that he offered up during the podcast. Um, so excited to kind of bring this to you. I'm going to take a second to read um, a little bit from his bio so you guys just get more of an understanding of how incredible Mr. Bogues is, um, and then we'll get right to the podcast. Uh, so Muggsy Boards was, <clears throat> excuse me, was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, um, played for a legendary high school team, the Dunbar Poets, who won 59 consecutive games and ranked as one of the top high school teams in the United States. Bogues went on to graduate from Wake Forest, where the school later retired his jersey number. Um, Muggsy was selected 12th in the first round of the NBA draft by the Washington Bullets, and he retired from the NBA, ranking 16th amongst uh, all-time assist leaders. Throughout his career, he stayed busy starting in uh, in commercials and major productions like Space Jam. Shout out to Space Jam. Uh, Eddie and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Muggsy retired from professionally, uh, retired professionally playing, ranking number 16 all-time at assists in the NBA and still remains the shortest player in the history of the NBA. Since leaving the NBA, Muggsy has worked with nonprofits um, and has started the Muggsy Bogues Foundation, which is based here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where he resides with his family. Muggsy is, is also an ambassador of the NBA and traveling the world educating youth. You can find out more about him and the work at thebogesfoundation.org. And without further ado, excited to bring you this Square Pizza podcast episode with Mr. Muggsy Bogues. All right, Mr. Bogues. Well, perfect. Again, welcome to the Square Pizza Pod. Thanks so much for joining today. Uh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. So, you know, we're going to get to all the amazing stuff you've done in your career in Charlotte and the NBA and the book that's come out that I'm really excited to read. But our research told us that you did a little bit of wrestling in high school. Is that true? <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that was one of my first passions. You know, uh, it, it came with no criteria. You know, yeah. you only have to be the strong or quick, and that mainly was it. And I was both of those. And I really enjoyed it. You know, it just so happened that it ran into the same season of basketball right. once I got to high school. And you grew up in Baltimore, right? But grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and the city of Baltimore, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say at some point you had to, because I grew up in Ohio, so wrestling and basketball was the same season. So I was going to ask how you did both or, like, when you made that decision of, like, one one trumped the other. Yeah, it was. Well, I, I didn't have to make it until high school. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was fortunate enough during my elementary and junior high school, I still was fortunate enough to be able to, to do both. And um, but once I got to high school, you know, that's where it ran into the same season. And basketball at that time, of course, is something that just kind of gravitated me a little more. Yeah. Some of the videos I saw, you know, I'm not going to name a few names, but said you had to put on your wrestling skills in the locker room with a few former teammates. I'm not going to put them on blast necessarily, but, uh, you know, our listening audience can maybe go find those videos on their own. 
um we like to be yeah. Po- yeah we want to be positive on the podcast right right yeah that's some fun times and i i, I, I should say my teammates former teammates love telling those stories especially ken mcgill oh, but- <laughs> i mean just to happen you know one of my teammates wanted to test me and i told him you know he shouldn't do that you know i was, <laughs> I was and I was pretty quick and those things still, you know, just like riding a bike, you never forget. That's right. Well, it only takes one time, right? Somebody gets out of line um, and they got to come to the literal mat. It only takes once to, to pin them before they, they don't mess with you again. <laughs> yeah, that's all it took. It was that one opportunity to present yourself and, uh, and that was it. So I got to ask at least one current NBA question. You know, you spent 14 incredible seasons in the NBA, but the playoffs are just starting. I know our... Our Charlotte Hornets are, are sadly no longer in it formally, uh, but curious if you got a dark horse or a contender who you think is going to win the ship this year. Well, you know, I, I'm rooting for my man CP. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, Chris Paul. being my former fellow deacon, That's right. um, I'd like to see him, him have an opportunity to win one before it's all said and done. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing unbelievable basketball as well as the team since the Hornets is no longer in it. And, you know, I'm kind of still a little biased about Steph and, you know, him having his opportunity. But he got three of them already. So I want to see Chris get one before his time's over. Um, they've been playing pretty good basketball. Money deserved it as well, you know, the way he's been coaching his coaching staff. Uh, they had an opportunity last year. And I think this year they they kind of tasted again. And, and things have been lining up for them to, to kind of, you know, see it come to a fruition. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, you know, I agree. I know they had a heartbreak last year, the way the Suns went out. But um, I mean, a Chris Paul fan as well, and think I mean they're definitely well suited to to get the W. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good uh, treat to sit back and watch and, and witness, you know, before his career is over with. Yep. And you've been a Charlotte staple for so long, obviously in Charlotte, but you've seen the community grow so much. Just curious, like what's you know the best thing you've seen happen in Charlotte, or just what surprised you about the growth in Charlotte for how long you've been here? Oh, I love it all. Yeah. I mean, when we first came, we was all on Tybola playing mm. in the Coliseum, you know. That's where right, yeah. A little different. Tybola looks a little different now in the Coliseum than, than it did, right? Absolutely. And you only had about 25 to 50 people living downtown or uptown, <laughs> I should say. Total, 52. <laughs> yeah, yeah, living uptown. So that's a whole new transformation right there where we got thousands uptown, you know, and a new type of uh, – you know, city there, I should say. It's just a whole new experiment for a lot of people to go and, and galvanize. I mean, you got parks now, you got the, the baseball arena, everything is located in one one place. But then you got to look around the, the surrounding areas where a lot of communities popped up. You got Blakely, you know, you got Valentine wasn't even here. So we got a lot of things that's out here that, that's been definitely uh, uh, complimentary for the, for the state, for the city. And I'm just happy to be part of it. Yeah, and so much of your book, you know, talks about Charlotte, um, but, you know, just your, your whole career and your life. And so just curious, like what, um, and, you know, we're going to plug the book to make sure our audience sees it, but this this memoir that you wrote is really well done. What are you hoping people will take away from the book, Mr. Bokes? Well, you know, I, 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 I've lived, I lived a lot. You know, I had the opportunity to kind of, you know, live, having my little journey, uh, go through my journey. Um, you know, hopefully they can get something out of this book where cause we all have some sort of things that we kind of relate relate to. And for me, being a guy that just overcame so much, not just on the court, but off the court, and been able to impact so many people, people that I played with, 
current players today as well. So mainly it's a relate it's about relationships, about a, a passion that a kid is not just a kid, a person chased each and every day. Uh, how he was able to impact again the current and present players, uh, relationship with me and my wife, being able to get back together with one another after we divorced for ten years and uh, which is kinda unheard of in these days. But, you know, that 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 journey, that learning experience, you know, being a boy when I was doing that process and I felt like you grew into a man once, you know, you've been through the things that you had to go through all the adversity and coming out on the other side and being able to, you know, get back to one another and we start what we I mean, rekindle what we started in terms of our family. And also giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. You know, giving back to the community. So things that have given me so much to make sure that we empower these families as well as the kids and give them an opportunity to live a better quality life. And uh, so I hope that someone can just take some positivity from this and, and, and kind of put it in their own lenses and just hopefully, you know, kind of gravitate and say, well, if he did it, maybe I can overcome it as well. Yeah, I think there's so so many stories and examples from the book, but in your life, of course, that you spoke to that um, will be inspiring to so many curious about like what it is about you or maybe your past that has kind of allowed you to be so driven to overcome so much adversity and challenges in in your life where I think others right can could quit or easily give up but that's not something you chose to do so curious what what it is that makes you um, so excited about overcoming um, so many challenges well it, it starts from my upbringing yeah. you know where I came from and uh, the inner city of Baltimore being small um, going through changes and trying to pursue a game that many felt shouldn't be played by only about small guys should be played only by big and taller players. I mean, then going through that is, is, is dramatic experience of getting shot at the age of five years old, you know, that, that, that does something to your mind, you know, so that it was able to change my mindset to where it allowed me to focus more on my craft and, and not worry about the words that people with the negative things that you were saying about me, about yourself. Um, so, um, that, that, that drive, that's, a, that's pretty much a, a big driving force for you. Then my situation, you know, seeing my pops get thrown in prison and my mom had to, you know, take on the family. I only had an 11th grade education and had to go back to school to, to, to refine herself. Um, so witnessing all of that, you know, that was something that I wanted to change the narrative, not only for myself, but for my family. Yeah, I think, right, so much uh, we can take away from that, but just the quality of persistence and grit, right? And everybody kind of has their own lived experiences and where they grew up and that, and, and that. but I think just that um, persistence in sports, but also in professional life, I think so much of the greatest people I've worked with or the greatest leaders I've worked with are, are just really persistent and know things are going to come and do their best to kind of accept them and keep going as they can. That's the confidence they have within themselves uh, because no one, everybody don't believe in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. So you got to continue to stay on that course and stay on that, 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 that way of, uh, of changing, you know, folks, you know, trajectory or people's mindset in terms of what you're capable of doing. So that was for me um, in order to, to continue to, to, I was breaking down barriers in the mindset of total coaches who wanted big gods, big gods. Um, so, you know, and the only way I can, you know, show them that it, everybody had that opportunity, had that ability to do it, is by going out there and displaying it and displaying it to the best I could do it in a way where it had the same impact, if not more, than what a bigger taller player may have. And imagine, or well, maybe imagine or just ask, don't want to assume anything, of course, but 
you know, e- overcoming each adversity or challenge allows you to kind of bank more and more confidence, right? Allows you to give you uh, more momentum to the next one to, to believe in yourself even more, knowing that each kind of challenge makes you or any leader kind of level up each time. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the driving force. That's the, you know, that's the, the, the pinnacle in terms of wanting to continue to see that success once you, anything that you put your mind to it. I mean, it gives you that confidence once you do it once. You know, okay, well, I know I could do this because I was able to do that. And um, so uh, it's just the belief that you have within yourself. And hopefully that, you know, but I always say even failure is also a, a part of success. Mm. You know, when you overcome those type of adversity, that's how we learn. You know, because, you know, it only takes one time. You fail about 50 times, it only takes that one yep. successful time. And then, you know, you're able to overcome all those things that, you know, you was trying at the beginning. So persistence is everything. Yep. Yes, that failing part, but then the keep going part, right? Because I think that, that's that's when the learnings come in is when you take the lessons learned from that failure and put it into work for the next one that allows you to kind of keep it pushing in a positive way. Um, Absolutely. And you, you know, not only did you talk about obviously your personal life growing up and NBA, but you were pretty vulnerable relationship wise and you kind of alluded to it too with your wife and your family and getting back together. And I probably need you know, all the relationship advice I can get. So curious, like what, what you were ho- hoping people will get from your story and kind of, um, you know, building your family. Well, mainly, you know, when you decide to, 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 to build a family and, you know, you gotta be understanding that you, you it's a partnership, you know, it's a partnership and, and the way you mainly can't lose sight of that. And, you know, and I got caught up in, you know, the craft that I was involved in, my basketball, mm-hmm. you know, that driving force to keep you, you know, your mind in other places. And you lose sight of some of the obligations that, you know, that you had laid out at the beginning. And and, you, and then you look at the failures and the things that you've done that contributed to the things and not working out where it caused a point to where you became separated. Mm-hmm. You came not want to be one of, uh, with one another. You know, and as a man, you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror and, and face that reality. And I was able to do that. You know, even though we moved on to other relationships, um, but when, you know, again, tragedy has struck. And, you know, she was there for me as well and being able to, you know, console me and comfort me. And when times were, were difficult, and that's kind of unusual. That's not, you know, that's not normal. I should say, in terms of when people divorce, but they was able to do that for me. And, and in the same process, we was able to find our happy moment, happy yeah. place again, a comfortable place. You know, so I just want people to realize that people go through changes. People make, make mistakes. People mess up. Some a little too far to come back from, mm-hmm. but I never say it's, you should, it's too far to come back from. You know, it's always about forgiveness and, and being able to, get back to that happy space, but everybody's not comfortable getting back there, but being cordial and respectful is always a place where you should be, and that's something that we was able to do and t- turn that respect and and, uh, and, 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 and translate that into comfort to 
to where we get to find one another. Yeah, man, I think it's great. You can be so so vulnerable and open in the book. I commend you for that. Um, but also just hearing a lot of like kind of self-ownership and balance, what you said of like looking yourself in the mirror, understanding, you know, maybe getting caught up or too focused in, in basketball. I think I heard you say, but just how important that partnership is. But balancing in your own right as a man and a professional of kind of where you're spending your time and attention as well. Yeah, you have to do that. You really do. I mean, because again, you know, that's what you signed up for. And um, and nothing should deteriorate you or take you away from that partnership that you signed up for. And that's how we just start to lose one another because the communication starts to lack. The respect and all of a sudden starts to flat. And then all of a sudden, then, you know, everybody starts in the, the guest mode. You know, what is he thinking? What is she thinking? And, you know, is he really doing that? Is she really doing that? And that start to get in a place where it become uncomfortable when it starts to bring the, uh, you know, the things to where the disconnect starts to really become more of a, a separation and that's not good for anyone. Yeah, and I know, you know, you spoke about your family um, and kind of want to transition to the incredible work your, your foundation is currently doing and, you know, you kind of started with your mom. You know, my mom is on on our team, the Shermco team, so shout out to my mom, but all the wonderful moms out there as well. Um, but curious if you could share more, Mr. Bogues, about the family foundation and what you guys are doing in Charlotte. Yeah, I did start back in 1999 when I was in Baltimore, and it was always believed. And uh, we had a learning facility back in Baltimore. My mom passed away in 2001. Um, that kind of hurt me, and it kind of you know, took my spirits away, and I shut it down for quite some time. And then when my daughter, Brittany, graduated in 2009 from Wake Forest, uh, she kind of kind of nudged me and, and encouraged me to revisit the foundation again. And we, we reopened it in 2013, and then we changed the name from Always the Lead to the uh, Family Multiple Family Foundation in 2014. So we could be able to now address the issues that we're so passionate about, which is empowering the at-risk youth and families to live a better quality life, addressing the food insecurity, access to an education and job training. And uh, we have partnered with CPCC, who has given us the who to oversee our scholarship program so the for the trade balance uh, skilled students that be awarded those scholarships. And of course we have a partner with so many folks in the community and our labor of love event that we kinda give back to the communities on uh, labor uh, uh, Labor Day and Thanksgiving as well as uh, right around Christmas. And those are three pillars that we try to continue to feed families. Um, hopefully we could do it a lot more on a consistent basis, but those are our three pillars that we kind of get out there and feed the communities, which we're fortunate enough to feed over 1,500 families this far, thus far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that work is incredible. And excuse me so much of, you know, I love the focus on the vocational opportunities and the scholarships, you know, that aligns with so much with our day-to-day work and what we do. Curious of how you guys landed on on deciding to, to choose and focus on the vocational opportunities and the scholarships for those four local students each year. Well, for me, it was it, it was just a matter of knowing what was out there and knowing that everybody is focusing on the IT kids, the four-year university kids, and, and a lot of these kids who work with their hands, who are very skillful, who got ideas in terms of, you know, building their own business and working with other companies right away. And, uh, and who has, and I always felt like having a, a skill always give you that advantage in terms of these companies love what you're capable of bringing, I mean, what you're bringing to the table. And that sometimes gives you an easier path as opposed to just having a four-year education where it's brought it. So I just felt the need and wanted to give these parents and these kids that type of resource 
uh, where they have a platform to, to kind of to, to grow from, to try to better their, to, to lessen, I should lessen their um, financial aspects of it and uh, give them more of a focus to where they can just mainly concentrate on the education part. Yeah, I think probably so much of what you've seen is um, some some real money and some real career opportunities to be made in the trade and the skills and, and now more than ever. So kudos to you guys for being ahead of the curve and doing that. Well, I appreciate that. And we're trying to work with some companies where uh, we can also have like internship programs mm-hmm. where they can start growing them from that perspective. So now they can have, you know, they can be working with kids and continue to have that innovative program going for years to come to where they ain't got to be out looking for hiring these type of uh, individuals where it'll be in-house, hopefully, I mean, we would say. Yep. Yeah, we'll make sure we, we kind of share links, if that's cool with you, for the foundation and the yeah. book, of course, so our community can check that out. Absolutely. Please do. Um, get you out of here on a few, maybe rapid-fire, semi-fun questions, Mr. Bogues, if that's cool. Yeah, let's um, go with it. Maybe start with an easy one. Best teammate of all time, if you could only choose one. Oh, come on. You got <laughs> oh, I've got too many of them. I mean, I got top so three. many. We'll, we'll give you top three. We'll give you top oh, three. Man, I got I got the late Moses Malone, who mm. the late Manick Bull. I got Larry Johnson. I got Del Curry. I got Lonzo Morning. I got this Charles Tracy McGrady. I mean, Charles. Okay, who else you want me to say? That's a good crew. That's a good crew to, to play pickup with any day of the week. Um, yeah. Do you guys ever just like like bring a crew to Charlotte and just show up to the Y and just like work people? I feel like, I mean, I know you guys are busy and should do it, but I feel like just to punk somebody every day, y'all should just show up to the Y and do that. I mean, everybody got their shit to do that. You know what I'm saying? And watch some of these guys right now are a little older. Yeah. And then people imagine, you know, so, and they got a little gray on their, on their, face, on their face. It's going to be a little difficult getting them up and down the court. Um, I, I think I'd still choose you guys in a pickup game, though. Um, <laughs> what's uh, what's one thing our audience can do to support your work, Mr. Bogues? Well, as you say, go to the Mugsboe Family Foundation dot org and, and, and look at all the things that we're doing and, and get involved with helping us financially, either spiritually, uh, voluntarily. Uh, we need prayers. We need it all. I mean, so we're looking for it all in any way that you can assist. If we we got a place for you. Uh, we're just trying to make it a better life for these families and these kids. And, um, and anybody who got that type of heart and that passion to make sure that they have a, a better way of doing it than we all be open arms. Of course, the most important question. So, you know, this podcast is named the Square Pizza Pod. Curious what Square Pizza reminds you of? <laughs> a Square Pizza? Well, you know, unfortunately for me that I don't like cheese. Oh. So I don't need it. Is that I don't right? Dang it. See, research didn't tell me that. I found out you're a wrestler, but I, no cheese. And that's something I like. I like a pizza with no cheese, just the sauce and the topping. Okay. But, but a Square Pizza would tell me that, you know, I think about the four corners that North Carolina used to run. Oh. You know, yeah. Okay, kind of, I like this. You know, and it kind of lines up with Phil Ford doing that thing out there. I hate to put Carolina in. I was going to say, as a deacon, yeah, it's got to be tough. Yeah, yeah that's, that's tough for uh, uh, the Tar Heel <laughs> to come from off my tongue. But when I think of a square, a square piece, I think of the four corners, and that reminds me of Phil Ford. So just no cheese whatsoever on anything? I'm, you know, we're going to go in a rabbit hole now, but just you're just not feeling cheese. No cheese on anything. No cheese on anything. Things I didn't think we were going to talk about today. 
<laughs> this is perfect. Um, Mr. Bogues, any final words you want to leave our community with? I just want to say I really appreciate you, Greg, allowing me to come on the show. and I wish you a lot of success, and I hope the listeners got a kick out of what we talked about and hope they go out and support my book. You know, it's a great read. I mean, I've, I've lived a little. Um, I impact some lives out there. I think it's a heartfelt book. Um, it's an opportunity for, you know, you kind of learn some of the behind the scenes that I had to go through and I had to endure to become the guy that I am. And I just appreciate that, all the support that folks that have been out there and been giving me over these years. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure to do that. And again, just uh, thank you so much for joining and for all you've done. Certainly been an inspiration to uh, a kid that grew up in Toledo, Ohio, and now get to share the same city with you in Charlotte. But really appreciate all you've done and all you continue to do in the world. Uh, thank you a lot. I really appreciate it. That's great. Thanks, Mr. Bogues. Okay, have a good one. Thanks so much for checking out the Square Pizza Pod, making a few selfish requests. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps spread the word about the podcast and share this with a friend. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.